Blog Talk Radio. Welcome back, you health renaissance people. Yes, today it's exciting because I get so many comments that people are saying, he's not even a doctor. No kidding, I'm not a medical doctor, but I am a doctor of chiropractic. It is a doctorate level of education, and we're going to explain the entire difference. Because when I was in um, uh, chiropractic college, you could actually be a medical doctor and a DC if you spent another year and a half in school. There's some Caribbean medical schools that were certified by the U.S., so bam, you could do it. And I'm going to explain why I did not go on uh, for the MD, because it's a false premise. But here, I got this great quote um, from Ian Watson. Quote, if you have to be persuaded, reminded, pressured, lied to, incentivized, coerced, bullied, socially shamed, guilt-tripped, threatened, punished, and criminalized, if all of this is considered necessary um, to gain your compliance, you can be absolutely certain that what is being promoted is not in your best interest. End of quote. Oh, my God, yeah. Okay, so please, for this... Um, Spread this information around because this is um, 1942 France, okay, and the Germans are occupied, and we're um, we're having to print false papers and get around the censorship. So let's get into this. The medical school, it takes around 5,011 hours, total hours in medical school. Now, they spend a lot of that, um, not a lot in anatomy and physiology, but a lot in pharmacology, pathology, um, and then specialties get, get off on tangents. So they're mainly looking at an allopathic system, and or the, it is an allopathic system. And it's, it, quote, allopathic a system of medical practice that aims to combat disease by use of remedies such as drugs or surgeries, producing effects different from incompatible with those produced by the disease being treated. Bam. End of definition of allopathic. You could call it allopathetic if you were sarcastic. Now, chiropractic colleges would go about 200 hours more, 5,212 hours. Now, this is based on vitalism. And vitalism is, quote, all organic systems in the universe are conscious, self-developing, self-maintaining, and self-healing. The body has an innate, inborn intelligence that guides its developments, interactions, and environment. End of quote. Boy, that makes sense. So think of this. I mean, and, and I've got patients, God bless them, but they'll come down and they say, I got the best endocrinologist. I got the best rheumatologist. I got the best gastroenterologist. Well, I'll tell you, nobody on the planet has the third best. Okay, and think of that because, you know, yeah, I got the third best gastroenterologist. I know you're hurting and you're bleeding from your rectum, um, but, you know, he's really good looking. Okay, no, you wouldn't do that. So, but but how does this work? See, modern century, the, the, the modern healthcare, it's based on 19th century thinking. It's not based on modern theories or a modern scientific fact. And like the gastroenterologist, um, even though 80% of the immune system's in the gut, the rheumatologist is not going to see, hey, what's the gut health? No, because this is the distribution arm for the pharmaceutical industry. Last week, we talked about how uh, Rockefeller's uh, donations literally changed the medical education. 
you could actually look at China's donations to our colleges now and see the end result of our college-educated um, people now. Yeah, just look at, uh, oh, I don't know, Seattle and Portland. Okay, we're, cr we're creating a little bit of anarchist. But they actually, Rockefeller did this years before to the medical education to change them from anatomy, physiology, and, and homeopathic care or to help the, the body to modern pharmaceutical approach where you treat symptoms with chemicals after a diagnosis. And by donating millions and millions and millions of dollars, you literally change the source of um, the medical education. So it is a symptom drug approach. So the neurologist isn't going to talk to the pulmonologist, even though if the nervous system is in a hypoxic or low oxygen state, it's not going to function well. The dermatologist who is looking at the skin disorders is not going to look at low stomach acid, even though we know low stomach acid is associated with eczema and psoriasis. And we know that low stomach acid comes from chronic stress. And chronic stress will negatively affect the gastroenterologist um, function as well. So you look at this and it just doesn't make sense. Now, is our society the healthiest group on the planet or are, are we sick? Well, statistically, 60% of our adults have a chronic illness that they will never recover from. That's bad. That's not bad as, as bad as 54% of our kids have a chronic illness. So what's the solution? I know you go to the medical doctors. Do we need more medications? You're right. We're just not getting there enough time with enough chemicals. Do we need more vaccinations? Oh, that's a good one. You know, the, the kids today will have 72 doses of 17 different vaccines by the time they're 18 and virtually no placebo-controlled trials. Do we need more surgeries? You're right. You were blessed with too many extra parts. Um, so is, or is our species just effective? So, so let's look at this. Now, when you're in school, and I was talking to a bunch of people, you know, when it's laid out in trimesters. So I'm in the first trimester and I'm looking around trying to learn anatomy and physiology and, and neurology. And I'm really excited about how the body works and, and looking into this medical program. And I find out that it's based on a false premise. And I know it, it's tough to, to wrap your head around this. But to treat a symptom with a chemical that has a number of side effects, you have been programmed by the television, programmed by society, to think that the medical doctors are actually following protocols that are beneficial to your health. So let's look at this. Okay, if you got a choice between vitalism and mechanism, like is your body a collection of parts? Are you just a machine and these, these parts wear out? Or is there a vitalistic form where every aspect of your system, your each, each organ system is connected to the other one, that there's a life force entity? And it's been said um, by, by you know, old chiropractic philosophers is people think that eyes see, ears hear, and stomachs digest. Well, that's not true because cadaver has a cadaver would have eyes, they would have a stomach, and they would have ears, but their process isn't working. So there's a vital force, a life energy in this that causes those symptoms to animate. And so, what is that vital force? So you have vitalism or mechanistic. Which do you prefer? 
Now let's look at holism and reductionism. Holism is looking that the entire body is connected to itself. Like you cannot have a heart without lungs. You can't have lungs without a gastrointestinal system. So each system is interdependent and absolutely vital for the other system's function. Now, in crazy, stupid world, you would isolate the thyroid and say, oh, this person has fatigue, and they have a low-functioning thyroid. So, so we're going to get, and, the, and sure enough, look at the pituitary gland. The pituitary gland is producing thyroid-stimulating hormone, and the thyroid is producing less T3, T4. So it must be a poor-functioning thyroid. Let's give them levoxothyrine. Now, are they understanding that the hypothalamus communicates to the pituitary or that systemic inflammation can cause the adrenal glands to um, produce cortisol, which suppresses thyroid function, or perhaps the liver where it's converted from T4 to T3? Maybe there could be some anxiety or stress causing the liver to work harder or some toxic environmental exposure. No, none of these questions are asked by the absolute ultimate endocrinologist. No, because they're, worked on, they're working on a symptom drug protocol. So to look at the entire body and to appreciate that the body is responding correctly based on the stimuli, correctly, not incorrectly, okay, then, then you're only going to look at the cursory symptoms and give a drug. Now, how many times have I seen people given levoxothyrene or thyroid medication, okay, and they're on it for 20 freaking years, and guess what? They still have the poor sleep patterns. They still have the poor digestion patterns. You know, but it helps them a little. Okay, yeah, because you know how they say bioidentical? And you may have heard that term. Well, it's a lie. They're not uh, identical because your body produces the exact right hormone in the exact right amount at the exact right time. Okay, taking a pill, you're not getting it that way. And it's not 100% available. So it's, it's a synthetic hormone that's close to kind of what it um, supposedly is. So some of your organs are going to recognize this synthetic or fake T3, T4. Other organs are not going to recognize it. So that holistic versus reductionism. Holism is you're looking at the entire body at how it responds to the environment. Reductionism means you're breaking it down into the endocrine system or the digested system or this or that. Okay, now let's go up at human, humanism and authoritarianism. Now, do you think that, that you should have rights to your own body? That, that you should have rights to what's done to your body, that, that your, your body is your own. Um, you know, I, I would think so. I would think that, that you're appropriate. Well, when we're looking at eugenics, okay, that was very popular in the early 1900s and really popular by O Planned Parenthood and a bunch of other people that were pro-eugenics and uh, popular in Germany, um, popular in a lot of areas in America. Um, where the, and this is, they were doing forced sterilizations. Of course, now they're doing forced medical procedures without informed consent, which, you know, with no long-term studies. So nobody really knows. So the government is taking charge of, of your body. I've got a number of parents where the government is taking charge of their children. So humanism means that we all have souls. 
we all have have a life force inside of us and each one of us needs to be honored that means that the the person who's mentally defective is a homeless person has a life force inside of them and they need to be honored just like you know the 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 super rich person driving the ferrari okay we all have this this soul and we're all here for each other so how do you want to live do you want to live with humanism that each one has this living life force that needs to be honored or do you want to have someone take control of that and tell you what to do we have natural versus artific artificialism natural means you're designed to live here okay and and things that are naturally occurring and you know I've done a lot of hiking a lot of fishing camping and and anytime there's a poisonous plant or animal typically the solution is found in the same environment or artificialism okay you know things that that um, uh, are modern and plastic and and manufactured that that's better than things that are naturally occurring and then we have conservative therapeutics versus high-risk interventions now wouldn't you want the ability to choose for yourself or would you want to abdicate authority your authority over yourself to your government well let's look at how the system works one this is fact medical doctors and chiropractors even the chiropractors have a lot more anatomy and physiology we learn about the autonomic nervous system you have this system in place and when I taught human dissection I would expose the system and show it to people okay and one part is rest digest and repair the other part is fight or flight or this means that your body is a self-healing self-regulating system now when you're and, and you destroy and build a billion cells a day so your body is a tissue producing machine and when you have an autonomic nervous system or automatic nervous system that's in balance your body is destroying and building destroying and building destroying and building cells and if you build cells faster than you destroy you call it's called health if you destroy cells faster than you build it's called disease lack of ease now under a sympathetic dominant stimulus you have a high heart rate high blood pressure high blood sugar high cholesterol and stress hormones are elevated like cortisol and, and epinephrine norepinephrine when you're under parasympathetic nervous system you have increased supply to the gut you have um, uh, increased immune system function I mean it literally stimulates the immune system and repairs tissue amazing so you can look at um, the the balance of autonomic nervous system based on physical chemical and emotional stress and that's how your body's adapting now again I got a question for you what happens if a person has high blood pressure and they go to a doctor okay and I'm talking a real doctor like a chiropractor well the the doctor is gonna say and there's a doctor of chiropractic well your blood pressure is elevated we have to find the physical chemical or emotional stressors to see why your body is adapting does that make sense yes or yes I know it does okay well <laughs> if you go to a medical doctor in America and you have high blood pressure 
they are forced to give you a drug to force your blood pressure down. Now, think of this. Your blood night might not be healthy. You might have a toxic and deficient lifestyle. Your blood pressure is, remember, your body is self-regulating. There's nothing broken in your body that causes your blood pressure to elevate, but it is a response to stress. So if that blood pressure is elevated, okay, then the doctor is just going to give you, a, let's say, a diuretic, which damages the kidneys, or a beta blocker, which blocks the sympathetic nerve supply to the heart, causes increased heart failure, you know, something. But, you know, even though your physiology or how your body regenerates tissue will be diminished, you're going to look better on a high blood pressure ma machine, a big bone mammometer, okay? Um, does that make sense or does that sound foolish? It really is antiquated. Uh, so when you look, we actually measure the autonomic function. Now, um, we have that sympathetic, which is fight or flight, parasympathetic is rest and digest. And when we look at, at the um, sympathetic, low-functioning sympathetic or stress state will have similar effects has a low-functioning parasympathetic. And this is why when we do this chart, and I'm going to show this chart tonight, um, you'll see similar effects, but it's going to clue you in to the area of dysfunction since the parasympathetic is located in the neck or the pelvis and the sympathetic is located in the mid-thoracic area. So it, it could be ev anywhere. Now I'm going to bring up a couple of patients. Tonight, 64-year-old gal, the sympathetic dominant state, um, she has dizziness and has had dizziness for about two years. Now, what's interesting is she's taken a cholesterol-lowering drug and a muscle relaxant. And, and if you think of the foolishness, a muscle relaxant is actually a central nervous system toxin that attacks the base of the brain. And the side effect is muscle spasms. Now, in the crazy medical world, um, was, did the doctor find out why the muscle was in spasm? No. Well, Lipitor lowers cholesterol. Uh, does, was the function of cholesterol explained to the patient? Like, does cholesterol clog arteries? No, it doesn't. But what does the function of cholesterol? Why would cholesterol be elevated? And when we know cholesterol is the precursor to every type of hormone you make, particularly cortisol. So if the person's under stress, they're going to produce more cortisol, so cholesterol has to go up. And you may have heard of good cholesterol and bad cholesterol. Well, check out our videos because there is no good or bad cholesterol. There is only cholesterol. There is different protein carriers such as a low-density lipoprotein carrier, which brings cholesterol to the site of injury or it's increased for hormone production, or HDL, high-density lipoprotein, that brings the cholesterol back to the liver for storage. So we have two different types of protein carriers. And then there's VLDL, there's a bunch of cholesterol. But just know that cholesterol, your body produces 80% of it. Uh, only 20% is from diet. And cholesterol is 50% of the overall weight of the brain, and it's the main precursor to every hormone you make. So cholesterol is vital to the body, vital to the body. So if you have a doctor in their arrogance and ignorance that's going to give you a toxic chemical to lower your cholesterol, by God, you've got to find out why it's high. Does that make sense? Uh, it does to me. And then when we look at the expert review of clinical pharmacology, this is out of 2015. Oh, my God, the title of the article. 
Statins, or cholesterol-lowering drugs, stimulate hardening of the arteries and heart failure. That's right, heart failure. So when this guy, you know, you get a girl that's that's in 64 years old with dizziness, and they give them cholesterol medications, are they aware of the effects of this cholesterol medication? Quote from the article, Thus, the epidemic of heart failure and atherosclerosis that plagues the modern world may be paradoxically be aggravated by the pervasive use of statin drugs. We currently propose that statin treatment guidelines be critically reevaluated. Then we have the uh, clinical, Journal of Clinical Cardiology, um, and this is 2009. Statin therapy is associated with decreased myocardial in um, myocardial uh, function. And then we have out of, and, and this, is, this is so frustrating, this is the Journal of Atherosclerosis. Yes, they actually have a journal called that. And in this 2012, quote, statin use is associated with an increased prevalence and extent of coronary plaques possessing calcium. So wait a thec- second. So if the doctor was trying to lower cholesterol in order to prevent the placking or prevent clogged arteries, it turns out that here's three studies, three different journal articles that state that cholesterol, if you lower it with the statin drug, you cause damage. Okay, now let's go back to the vitalistic and mechanistic approach. Is the body self-healing and self-regulating? Yes, so why would cholesterol be elevated? Now this goes back, and and again, we're going way back to 1902, Dr. Stills. Now Dr. Stills developed the philosophy and mechanical principles of osteopathy. And this guy is brilliant, but he was so pissed off with the medical approach. Um, Let me quote him, quote, The present schools of medicine are injurious schools of drunken systems that creating morphine, whiskey, and other drug-taking habits to the shame and disgrace and the advancement of of an intelligence of the age. The people become diseased now, as in other days, and to heal them successfully without making opium fiends and whiskey sots for life should call for and get the best attention that the mind of man can give. Okay, isn't that interesting? End of quote. So back in 1902, Dr. Still was pissed off of treating symptoms with opioids and heroines, and we're still doing that. We've still got the the opioid epidemic, like opioids are bouncing around everywhere. No, it's drugging symptoms that's causing the destruction. Um, Dr. Batman Gunji. Now, this this if you look at this guy, I mean, just brilliant. He he passed a few years ago, but I encourage you to read his book, Water Cures, Drug Kills. And and the, a quote from the book, quote, that all of a sudden the doctors will feel naked. They see the many years of learning and memorizing scientific jargon, jargons and all the statistical analysis for justification of treatment protocols using toxic chemicals or invasive procedures and the price structure attached to these acquired skills is declared obsolete. And that is the future, my friends. 
Okay, bringing up another case. Okay, 48-year-old gal, heart palpitations and brain fog. Now, heart palpitations, the heart has two nerve supplies. And again, I'm just telling you the whole chiropractic thing because given a person with heart palpitations a beta blocker that decreases oxygen to the brain and slows the heart down by blocking the sympathetic nerve supply does not make sense unless you're going to find the cause of it. It's, it's just mind-blowingly stupid. But here's a gal, heart palpitations and brain fog. Well, she was in a sympathetic dominant state for sure, but also, um, you know, we're, I'm going to show you the x-ray, significant lateral deviations, significant lateral deviations, back pain, tingling in the legs. Now, remember, symptoms are there for a reason. They give you clues to how the body's adapting. So if you're taking a drug for a symptom without addressing the underlying cause, that is not good. Okay, that is not good. So look at the absolute um, cause. Appreciate that your body's intelligent. So does that mean that um, when the CDC, the Center for Disease Control, comes out and these guys have made enough mistakes during this past pan, or, um, pandemic, that's just crazy. But think of this. They're running the Center for Disease Control and, and promotion. I mean, control <laughs> and prevention. But 60% of American adults, okay, 4 out of 10 or 40% of American adults have two or more chronic conditions. 6 out of 10 have one or more chronic conditions. And this is heart disease, cancer, chronic obstructive pulmonary disease, strokes, Alzheimer's, type 2 diabetes, and kidney diseases. These are blood poisonings. These are attacks by the body. This is what the end result of what you get when you utilize chemicals to, to alter symptoms and not appreciate that the body is giving you the symptoms. This is a failed medical system, a failed medical system. Now, look at the delusion of diagnosis. Is high blood pressure a disease or an adaptation to stress? Is fibromyalgia a disease or an adaptation to stress? Um, difficult menstrual cycles, does that run in the family? Or are you, all are you environmentally poisoned? Could there be an unstable pelvis? Could you all have ridden horses in the past? You know, are you all exposed to certain endocrine disruptors, poisons, and toxins? And remember, your body has two communication pathways. You have an electrical system and a, nerve, a chemical system. The electrical system is the nervous system, the sympathetic and parasympathetic. Okay, the hormonal system is, is vital. Now, the hypothalamus is one of the few structures that has one foot in the electrical, one foot in the hormonal system. The problem is there is a huge amount of, of they're, they're called chemicals or endocrine disruptors that are disrupting this chemical pathway. And it's called an endocrine disruptor, and they, they mimic your natural hormones. And this is in food, it's in personal care products, cosmetics, vaccine, pharmaceuticals, plastics, everything. It's, it's devastating. I mean, when you, when you look at this, um, there's certain um, structures and substances, like pharmaceutical drugs, can cause persistent, persistent um, 
is persistent epigenetic changes. That means changes in how your body expresses itself. Okay, is is that crazy or crazy? And uh, according to the Metabolism Clinical Experimental Journal, consequences for modern medicine are profound since it would imply that our current understanding of pharmacology is an oversimplification. Well said. If we look at the Journal of the American Medical Association, 2015, quote, many current practices that seem to be logical but are without evidence should be reconsidered and incorporated in a less dogmatic approach and more patient-centered approach to care. Patient-centered, think of that. Okay, if a doctor was actually responsible for the outcome, like the chiropractors are for their patients, the, the ones that are actually doing an objective analysis to make sure that they're correcting the body's physiology, and we're talking how the body adapts to the world, time we take our health back. It's time we change our belief system. It's time we look at how the world really is. Okay, because right now, I'm telling you, there are some major, major challenges. If you want to stick with the allopathetic model that is sold to you by big pharma, sold to you by big tech, and is the main funder of our government, and we can see our government is, is waning away, okay, that rigidity model of where everybody's got to take the vaccine, everybody's got to take the drug, everybody's got to follow in line. I mean, there's people now getting false papers. I mean, that doesn't sound like, like Germany and, or, or France in 1940, get the fa false papers so you can get by. I mean, this is time where we take our world back. We take our world back. And, and it's time to end the foolishness. Look at the vitalistic approach. Appreciate that people are self-healing and self-regulating. And we will get our world back. We will get our world back. Now, tonight, we're going to put this stuff and more in a lot of the material that is currently censored by our, our governmental agencies. So let's get our world back. This is Dr. John Bergman. God bless you, and I love you. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.